phone. There we go. Good to see you guys here for worship. <clears throat> we're, we're in the third week of a message series that was um, started by my mentor, uh, pastor of a church in Diamond Bar. His name is Randy, and he was here the last two weeks to get this uh, series off the ground, and just appreciated that. He came, and that gave me a, a break from speaking, and also I just gave um, all of us an opportunity to, or all of you an opportunity to meet him and his wife, Cindy. And so hopefully through the years, you know, as the Lord allows, we could do that more often. And um, just a great guy. And, and his church has really paved the way for us to be able to start this church. They've provided all sorts of resources and people and just different things. So we're very grateful for them. So, But he got us started. And what we've been doing is we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is something that you... Um, you probably heard on movies, at funerals, sometimes at weddings, it's our Father who art in heaven. And depending on your church background, you might be very, very familiar with praying that specific prayer. Um, and so what we're wanting to do is take a look at it line by line and just flesh out what this really means, how, how this affects our prayers, um, why Jesus told us to pray this prayer, and what it is, is it's a model prayer. It is... Jesus was asked, hey, how, how do we pray? He was asked by his followers, how are we to pray? And Jesus' response was, this then is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be our name. And, you know, he goes through this prayer right here. And it is the model prayer. comes up two places in the scripture where you find um, this recorded. And it's not intended to be recited um, repetitiously. The, the intent of it initially, when Jesus laid this out there or communicated this, he said, this then is how you should pray. He begins to lay out what a, what a prayer needs to look like, the, the elements that it needs to involve. Not necessarily that it needs to be a repetitious prayer, just reciting it over and over, but that we understand the different parts of, of what balances out prayer, what prayer life is supposed to look like. And it starts with this phrase, our Father in heaven. And just to review... Um, prayer is a conversation between us, God's children, and our loving Heavenly Father. You may or may not have the greatest relationship with your earthly father. You may, for whatever reason, um, your, your father may not even be with you anymore. Maybe um, your father has passed away. Maybe you've never even known your father. And so depending on your relationship to your earthly father, that could um, you know, create an image of, or a picture in your mind of, of what this line means, our Father in heaven. And, but what, what, what Jesus is trying to say is, we're to approach God as a loving Father who's never busy, who always has time for us, who is always there in our lives, who, who never will leave us. There's a picture of we can always just approach Him as our Father who loves us. So that's the starting point of the prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed is a word that's not used very much. It's kind of an archaic English word, which means to make holy. So as we're praying, we're basically attributing to God the holiness that is already His. We're saying, God, You're already holy. You, you, you stand far apart than anyone else in the universe. And this is who You are, but I'm just expressing that back to You, God. And that's an important part of our prayers is, communicating, you know, God, you are so holy. You're far above anything else. Hallowed be your name. Now, when you're praying, it's not that you're going to say this necessarily over and over. Our Father, hallowed be your name. 
So our prayers are going to look different because this is a guide. So the way I might pray, hallowed be your name, or God, you're, you're just holy, I may communicate that in a way that's very different than you might communicate that in a prayer because prayer is not intended to be a prescription and a planned out formula in, the, in, in an exact science way. It's something that God wants us to flesh out as we really share our heart with Him, as we communicate with Him and have heart-to-heart conversation. But we're to do this initially by entering his pray, in his, into His gates with praise and thanksgiving. Randy, he talked about that. It's important when you pray to begin with praise and thanksgiving. That's this, hallowed be your name. To come to Him and to just thank Him for what He's doing. Thank Him for who He is. Thank Him for what He's done in our lives. And then it says, Your kingdom come and Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're to also learn to pray for God's kingdom to be the reality on the earth. There's something happening in heaven right now. There's praise to God in heaven. The angels are worshiping Him all the time. And there's his, his will is being worked out in the world. But in heaven, there's this... If we were to be able to you know, take a bus to heaven and see, there's this scene of worship going on and praise going on in heaven. And so our prayers are to be... We're to pray, God, would you create this experience that's happening in heaven? Would you create that here on the earth in my life and in the lives of the people around me? Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So our prayers ought to be praying that God's agenda, His plan, His purpose would, would come to place in, in this reality, in our lifetime, and in our world. And then He shifts. So up to this point, the model prayer starts with, you know, God. God, His program, His priorities, His plan. And then in this verse, and what we're going to look at today, it shifts to our needs. It begins to talk about the things that are on our heart, our concerns, our issues, our problems our shortcomings, our feelings. And so there's a shift from God now to what's going on in our lives. But as we arrive here, it's really, really important. This is why we've reviewed for just a second. It's really important to not just jump to our needs. When you pray, and when I pray, you know, things are usually burning on our minds that we just want to dump out to God. But it's important to, to start with the beginning of this prayer, to begin to praise Him, to thank Him, and to pray that His will would come. The reason why it's important is because if we're not careful, our needs and our desires, our agenda, will replace for us. It will replace His. It just It's so valuable to us. If we don't start with putting our perspective and our focus on Him, then it's very sometimes very easy to just forget about God's plan. I was reading this morning, and this really tied in. Proverbs chapter 19 just like to use this to communicate one truth to us here. Um, Proverbs 19, chapter, or verse 3. It's not up on the screen, but it just says this. It says, A man's own folly ruins his life. The word folly there means his stubborn, self-seeking desire. His, our agenda, our, our own desire to get what we want. That ruins our life, the Scripture says. Yet his heart rages against the Lord. So the picture here is we work and we work and we work on our agenda, on our needs, our desires, and we don't get it. We don't arrive at it. And we feel ripped off by God. And the Scripture says our heart rages against the Lord. Who do we end up turning and saying, you're messing with me? We turn to God typically and we say, God, why are you doing this to me? 
I don't understand your ways. I don't understand your plan. Why is my life going this direction? You know, I'm trying to do certain things, but it's just not coming together for me. We have to, we have to look at our ways. A man's own folly ruins his life. We have to look at our desires. Are we chasing after the wrong things? Then if you, if you look down to verse 21, it says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Again, the same picture here is we, in our lives, it's very easy to just place a ladder of our life and just start walking up a plan that we've charted out, and then, but we've we've leaned that ladder against the wrong building altogether. We're not going in a direction that is pleasing to God necessarily, and so that's why it's so important to start with this, the balance that you see in the beginning of the the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who's in heaven, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. Because if we'll start with His kingdom and His purpose and His plan, that really begins to shift and change ours. It begin, we, he, He's trying to realign our focus. He's trying to realign our will so that we're carrying out His plan. Because His plan, the Scripture says right there, the Lord's purpose will prevail. He's going to work out His kingdom purposes. <clears throat> So it's very important that, that we start with the beginning of that passage, understanding the importance of praise, thanksgiving, praying for His purposes. But then there's this shift. Okay? And then Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. And what He's doing is He teaches us the importance of asking. Okay? At this part in the Lord's Prayer, He teaches us how important it is to ask. And it, this is a very simple thought, but it's a very important one. You know, give us today our daily bread. Now again, that's not intended to be just recited repetitiously over and over, but you can, you can make that however you want. Give us today our daily bread. That's going to sound different from all of us. It might be, God, would you help provide um, the resources we need as a family? Would you help provide um, you know, the, the resources that my children need for this year? God, would you, would you help me make decisions that are, that are going to you know, be good for us day to day. Um, but th- these are prayers about all of our needs. Physical needs, emotional needs, spiritual needs. That, that falls under this whole part of the Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. There's just things that are important to us that God wants us to ask Him about. There's a famous English Baptist preacher. His name is Spurgeon, C.H. Spurgeon. And he said this. He said, whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. It's the rule of the kingdom. But it seems so childish, doesn't it? Asking. We have to ask God for things. Am I a kid? You know, we... I just was thinking about this. Can you imagine coming to church and you're walking through the corridors and you get to the person who's handing out the bulletins for the day and they're standing there with a smile on their face and you walk up and you're like... You're like... They kind of put their ear out. They, they kind of, you know, reach for, and they're like, you know, they're implying, you know, there's something I can help you with, you know, or they say, what do you say? And you have to, may I have a bulletin? Yes, here's your bulletin. Or, or you go to the, um, you know, you go and you're looking for a restroom, and you're, you're just kind of like, I need to find the restroom, I need to find the restroom now, and what do you say? Can I find the restroom, please, you know? We're just not accustomed to asking as adults. I asked for things when I was 10, but I'm not 10 anymore, you know. 
So do I still need to ask? But the truth is, when it comes to God, you will never grow too old to ask. You will never grow beyond asking Him. Because asking is the core of a relationship between a father and a child. Asking. It's simple, but it's very true. You know, And this is something, if you're a parent, you're trying to help your children with. You know, when they come up and they just want something and you say, what do you say? You know, we never grow up past that in our relationship to God. We should never grow up. As soon as we decide, I no longer need to ask God, then we've basically taken Him off of the throne of our lives. And we said, you're no longer the boss. You're no longer in charge of me. And so this is always the core of our relationship, is learning to ask Him. Later on in, in Matthew chapter 7, I think Randy referred to this passage as well, but there's um, Matthew 7, 7, it says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. There's a picture here. And in the Greek, in the original New Testament language, the verbs for asking, seeking, and knocking are all continuous action verbs. So it, it's keep on asking. I'm sorry, that's not asking. <laughs> keep on asking. Verbally, keep on asking God for the requests that you have. Keep on seeking Him. Keep on seeking after the answers. And then keep on knocking. So with the requests that we have, with the things that we're asking Him for, we're to continue. Prayer is to be something that's persistent in our lives. It's not just to be like a vending machine where you put in a dollar and out comes a Coke. We don't just pray, God, I need this, and out comes a whatever we need. This is why it's so important to be persistent in our prayers. Because God answers us if we will continue to pray. Now, He may not always answer with, it, with what we would want, but the answer will come. And He never forces obedience on us. God will never force His will on us. And so there always is this mix of human freedom and divine influence. Okay? God is going to sovereignly do things and influence things in the world. He's ultimately in control. But there's always a mix that God will not violate. He won't violate our wills to be involved. He wants us to be not like robotic creatures or robot, you know, robots. He doesn't want us just to, just to uh, be these plug-and-play humans <clears throat> that do exactly what He says, but He wants us to be involved in the process. That's why asking is such an important part of this. And God already knows what we need. Look at verse 8 in this Chapter 7 says, For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He knows all the needs that we already have. Before we can even express it to Him, He already knows it. But He likes to be asked. Because that creates something in us. When we begin to ask, things change in our understanding of who God is. If you were to be one of the disciples who, who heard these words when Jesus said, give us this day, or give us today our daily bread, most likely, if you were an Israelite, your mind would travel back in time to something very significant in the history of the Israelites. The people of Israel were held in captivity by the Egyptians. And you find this in Exodus chapter 16, 
And in Exodus 16, you see this amazing events begin to unfold as God delivers his people out of the hands of Pharaoh and, and the Egyptians. And he begins to send plagues upon the Egyptians. Ten plagues. You read about this in, in Exodus. And then the Israelites are led out of captivity and they're led by a cloud at nighttime and during the daytime they're led by fire. And, <clears throat> you know, the Egyptians chase after him. God parts the Red Sea as Moses leads them through the Red Sea on dry ground. These amazing things happen. They pass through, the Egyptians are swept away, and then they're all to themselves, safe from being captured again and held as, you know, as slaves. Millions of Jews are out there and they start complaining and grumbling. God, we're hungry. You brought us out here in the desert and now we're all going to die? They, they forgot how faithful God was. Very quickly we do this. But, so the Israelites begin to complain and then God... He says this to them in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4 and 5. He says, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. You may have heard this story before. Um, The people are to go out each day. Look at how God provides. I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough food for that day. And in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And on the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So they were told to gather. God was going to rain down what, what became known as manna. And they were to gather enough for the day. And then when it came to the sixth day, they were just supposed to gather two days worth so that on the seventh day they could rest. They wouldn't have to work on that day. And they could obey God's law. But some tried to test this. They tried to take more than they needed for the day. So they're thinking, okay, this is enough for today. And you know, Well, what happens is when they did that, it turned to maggots. What they'd collected turned to maggots. They tried to test God. But God was trying to teach them to find satisfaction in having their needs met every day. He was just trying to teach them, I'm going to provide for what you need just today. That's all you need. And I'll meet your needs. And I want you to be satisfied with that today. And God tries to do this in our lives as well. But they called this bread manna as they... they, uh, Manna just means, what is it? That's what it means, actually. And so they couldn't quite figure out what to call it, so they called it manna, which means, what is it? And, but it was like flakes of bread, little wafers that tasted like honey. Okay? So it had a sweet taste to it. And God sent just enough to feed two to three million people every day. And he did this for 40 years. That's five million quarts a day for 40 years. God provided for his people. But he did this because he was trying to burn a lesson in the hearts of his people that he would meet their needs every day if they would trust him. God, in the same way, wants us to depend on him to provide for our daily needs. He wants us to ask him to provide. He doesn't want us to demand it from him, but he just loves it when we ask him. And asking helps us in a few ways. You'll see this in your listening guide. And... um, First off, asking helps us deal with anxiety. Okay? Helps us deal with anxiety. All of us get anxious at times. What causes worry and anxiety for you may be different than what causes worry and anxiety for me, but I guarantee everybody has things that create anxiety in your life. Usually for me, it's tied to physical things, like if my kids are sick or if I'm sick or financial things or relational things, but we have these things that make us anxious. And asking 
When we ask God for our daily needs, it gives us a way to release that pressure in our life. Because if we don't ask, what happens? And we just stuff it all down and we're ready to blow at a certain point. Sometimes we blow up at God. Like the scripture says, our heart rages against the Lord. But like a pressure release valve on anything, like a tire. You know, God wants you to ask and it's like, when we ask him, it really does take the pressure out of the anxiety. It doesn't take the anxiety away necessarily. It doesn't necessarily solve the issue. But it gives us a way to deal with the pressure that comes from, from worry and all of those things. Jesus, he really, really didn't want anxiety to be an issue for us. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. God wants us to release the pressure every day by asking him, for our daily needs. And in the midst of doing that, in the midst of seeking God's purposes, this is why, again why the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is so important. Asking God, would you show me what your will is and your purposes so I can work that into my life. I can line up my life with you and not you with me. That's why that's so important because if we'll set our heart to accomplish His purposes, then He'll meet our daily needs. That's the promise in Matthew 6.33. Tomorrow, that's another set of problems. And we can deal with that tomorrow, he's saying. But today, just asking. So asking helps us deal with our anxiety. Secondly, asking helps us gain appreciation. When we learn to ask, we begin to appreciate the one who gave. He's the giver. God wants us to to learn to just take every concern to him in prayer. Every single concern of ours is of interest to God. You may not think that because there's so many people in the world. But somehow, in some amazing way, God is able to care about all of our needs. Which kind of blows our minds away, I think. But sometimes we wall him off and we say, God has, God has way too many things on his plate. And my, my issue here isn't, couldn't be as important as others. Or it's too important for God to solve. We think one of two things, generally. And what we do is we create a wall. And we say, God, you know... We essentially say, I'll handle this. I'll try to figure this out. We wall him off from being able to help us. But just learning to ask is really important. If we'll ask and we avoid demanding from God, we demand from him. Demanding creates bitterness and resentment. But asking develops gratitude. Because as we see God answer, we're thankful for his answers. We're thankful that he's real and he's listening. Another thing is, Anything more than we need, anything that God gives beyond what we need, is evidence of His bountiful provision in our life. Think about your meal last night. Did you have enough to have seconds? I know I did. And I ate seconds last night because it was good. I got Thai food last night. It was amazing. And, uh, you know, but most of the time, we have enough to have seconds, don't we? This is evidence of God's love and His kindness to us. You know? and, and maybe there's some times when you just didn't have seconds and you didn't have enough. But the times that you do, it, it ought to remind us God is, is giving us way more than we need in life. We, we look around at our, our, our possessions and the things that we have. God's given us so much more than we really need in life. You know? he, he really is he's good to, to us. What that does over time is you learn to ask Him for things is 
you, you gain more and more appreciation for Him as you see Him provide. God, You really do take care of us. Another thing is asking helps us grow in dependence. Helps us grow in dependence. Our dependence needs to be on Him fully. Mother Teresa, she said this. Here's a quote from her. She said, You will never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you've got. And that's very, very true. You know, when the pressure is on in our lives, the Lord wants us to learn to rely on Him alone. And He may provide in all sorts of ways, but He wants us to run to Him first. So many times we want to run to our solutions or to other people to help us, but we need to learn to rely on Him first because what it does is it creates this dependency on Him. We begin to recognize just how much of a child we still are and how we need our Father to guide us through life. But it's, it's under pressure that you truly rely on God. And it's in those times that you'll find that God is truly reliable. He's dependable. He's faithful. Look at what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. He said, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardship we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure. Paul was an early uh, first century church planner, and he was under pressure in his ministry. He said, we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He's saying, the pressure in our ministry, in our lives, has forced me, Paul is saying, it's forced me to rely on the God who even if, I, if this takes me out, I'm trusting that He will raise me from the dead, that when I die, I will spend turning with Him. But He's also the one that raised Jesus from the dead. And He's putting His hands, He's entrusting Himself to the God who is able to to respond and relate to us with eternity in mind, and not just the things of this earth. But God is really trying to help us grow in dependence. Wherever your pressure point is right now, just take your concerns to God and, and leave it there. And learn to just depend on Him as you ask Him for things. Some, some of you may be depressed and disappointed about the way things are going right now. Maybe in relationships, your marriage, your parenting, your work, maybe just your finances. Especially with the economy and everything going on right now. Everybody, this is just a very, very difficult time. In these times, God wants to, you know, He wants us to draw close to Him. And not, as Proverbs 19.3 says, to begin to rage against the Lord and his plans, but to draw close to him and say, God, what are you up to here? I really need to understand and clue into your purposes and your will, and I want you to work those things out in my life. I'll trust you each day. In, in the Lord's Prayer also you get this. The Lord wants us to bring our daily needs to him. And just real briefly, we'll, we'll just look at this. But again, give us today. The focus is today, our daily bread. This part of the prayer brings God into the ordinary parts of our days. All of us have basic, ordinary things that make up our days. Taking out the trash, doing the dishes, watching the kids, making food. To begin, ask God, would you be part of that stuff, the stuff that's on my mind, the stuff that I do? You know, begin, to begin, ask God to help you with those things, that that's ought to be a part of our prayers. Sometimes we think God is only concerned with spiritual things or religious things, that that's God's department and the faith and the Bible and all that. But what you find out as you get in the scriptures is that he gets into the, the nitty-gritty of life. He gets into the details and the areas that, that we think 
is not spiritual. Well, God, God finds a way to address all that stuff in the Scriptures. So whatever we're dealing with at any given moment is important to God. And th- this may seem goofy or childish to think God wants to be concerned with everything, but He really does. Sometimes I lose something. God wants me to pray. Sometimes I've lost keys, I've lost um, things that are important, cell phone, whatever, and, and I'll start searching frantically. You know, God wants me to pray. Sometimes, this happened to me recently, and this happens often. Sometimes I can't fix something. Usually it's having to do with my car. I'm trying to screw on a bolt. I'm trying to fit in something. Recently it was, I'm trying to fit this brake line into this cylinder. And I just couldn't get the cylinder. I couldn't line things up correctly. And if you've ever worked on cars, you know how frustrating that can be. And you're just wanting to take the hammer and just slam the thing and make it work. But, you know, it's this precision thing. And I'm trying to, I can't get it. And I sit there and I keep trying to thread this, this bolt in. And I'm like, I got it. And then it's not working. And so I turned to my son and I said, can you, can you pray? Let's pray. And my son's five and, and he prayed, God. Can you help my daddy to screw this bolt on there? And you know what? It went on. <laughs> and it's just another example of, of how God wants us to ask him. But I, I, I've seen this to where in the small things, God wants us, us to just ask him for help. And he's, he's so gracious and generous to, to get involved in, in what's going on in our lives. Sometimes I'm struggling to listen to someone. Someone's talking to me and I struggle with this as it is. And one of the things I'm learning to do is, God, as the person's talking to me and I'm not quite firing on all pistons up here, then, I, then I'm praying, God, would you help me to focus on this person right now? Because I'm missing this. And I have to pray that because I need God's help. But you all have things like this in our life. We all have things that we need help in. But He wants us to bring them to us daily. Here's just a list of things that God wants you to bring to Him. Concerns is the first thing. Anything that concerns you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, do not be anxious about anything. That's all-encompassing. But in everything, again, all-encompassing, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Look at the balance in it with thanksgiving. You're not just throwing out, you're not just running to what you want, but you're thankful for a God who can provide. You bring it all to Him. And it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this verse. Have no anxiety about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. He gives us permission to go to sleep at night without, with, with releasing the pressure. He wants us to release the pressure at night and to just bring everything to Him and to say, God, I cannot handle this. I can't fix this. I can't solve this. Would you help me with it? And the idea here is that God wants to settle down our hearts. Because oftentimes... Things, our concerns make our hearts race. God wants just to come and settle our hearts down to allow us to rest, to allow us to, to move to the next day. And it's really up to Him to deal with the concerns, but He can settle down our hearts. He may not change the issue right away, but, but He can change us. He can change our response to it. For me personally, just some recent prayer requests that I've seen God, that I've been praying for and seen God answer is, um, I was praying for the sports camp that we're doing. Just praying for the resources to do it. It's kind of a costly event. It costs us several thousand dollars. I'm just praying, God, we do not have the money, the resources to do this as a church, but we believe this is something that's really important. To meet new families, try to introduce more people to you, and to connect with them in this way. 
and have fun with kids. You know, we, we know that's a value to parents for the summer. As it's so hot and, you know, it's a long summer, we really think this is important, God. Would you provide? And as we began to pray and trust Him with it, it was just amazing to see God come through with those things. And even though, even though, and even before the resources came in, it was God was able to settle down my heart on the issue. Just to know, God, God will take care of this. I, I really do trust Him with this. But for our families, with the economy, all of us, you know, with the job market, as we look ahead at, at what our families need, it's very difficult to not let your concerns overwhelm you. So we've got to keep asking God, God, would you settle down my heart here? I'm going to bring these things to you. Would you help me to relax with these issues? I trust you with them. <clears throat> and some of you in this room are, are walking testimonies of this verse. You're walking testimonies of this settled peace. This is describing a certain kind of peace that is um, it's beyond human understanding. It says, And the peace of God which transcends understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Some of you have went through some very, very hard things and you walked through some very dark, dark days. You've lost some people. You've lost some things that are really important. And you've held on to God. You've let God settle your heart down and, and, and steady your life. And people look at your life and they say, I don't know how you do it. That, I do not understand how you can be holding it together with all that, you've go, that you're going through, with all that you've gone through. That's a testimony to people that draws people to God because they see a settled peace despite the storm around you. And they say, wow, God is real. If He can do that in your life, man, I want to get to know that God. So I'd, I'd encourage you, take your concerns to Him. Another thing is the needs of others. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. You know, we all have things that come up in our lives and you hear about. If you're in community, we call our church a community. It's one of the words we use. We have relationships. The church is like a family. And as the family has needs and issues, as they come up, if you hear about them, we're to pray. This is the most important thing you can do. It's really important to help at times. But it's even more important to pray and to ask God to help. Because the, way, the ways we can help are, are like, well, they're, they're, they're what children would come up with. But when we hand it to God, it's what God the Father can come up with. And He'll use us collectively in the lives of others. Our need for wisdom is another thing. Pray when you need wisdom, when you don't know what to do. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, it says, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. The moment that you get confused and you don't know what to do, that's the time to pray, right then. Don't wait until you figured it out, or don't wait until you're stressed out, but the moment you're confused, stop and pray. That's what this verse is saying. Pray for wisdom. God will help you. This is something that we learn to do. And as we see God come through, we'll do it again. Another thing is the desire for prosperity. This is, it's okay to pray for this. 3 John 2 says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It's okay, and it's, it's an okay desire to pray for good health in your own life, to pray for good health in other people's lives, or blessing on your own life. It's okay. It's not... It's not 
crossing a line. But God gives gifts, or as God gives gifts, they're intended for His glory. So if God blesses you with good life, if He blesses you with good health, it's so that you can live longer to fulfill His purpose and His will. It's not just so that you can you know, retire and go on longer vacations and see more of the world. Now, it might include lots of those things as part of His blessing, but that's not it. God's trying to accomplish His purpose in His kingdom. So, it's for His glory. If God blesses you materially with resources, it's because God expects more from you. He expects you to be even more generous. And generally, it's because you've already been generous. You've been faithful to be generous, and God pours more blessing in your life, and then He expects even more generosity as you go on into the future. And you've got to keep that in balance. If that's you, First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19 is something I'd write down. If you, if you sense God is pouring blessing in your life materially, check out First Timothy 6. It gives you some balance as far as how to understand riches and blessing. One of the last things is this. Be specific. Detail in steps what you're asking for. Be specific. When you're praying, don't just pray this prayer. God help me today. Good night. And you fall asleep. And then in the morning, God, help me today. i got a long day. See you later. You know, that's not what we're talking about here. But it's be specific. <clears throat> God, help me with my boss today because he is hard to, to, to work for. God, help me with my coworkers because I'm having a hard time relating to them. God, help me with my marriage. God, help me with this part of my marriage, with the way that I'm responding to my wife, with the way that I'm not listening to my kids. Would you help them to get my attention? You know, God, would you... So just be very specific and ask them, even to the point where you're praying with a response in mind. God, I'd love to see this happen. Maybe this isn't what you have in mind, but it'd be amazing if this is what would happen. Pray very specifically, because then you'll know if God answers the prayer, if you, sp- if you pray specifically. Recently we prayed for a larger vehicle for our, for our family. We didn't know we were having a third child, but my son said, my son voiced the prayer request, basically, and we told him to start praying about it. And we started praying together, and then my, my mentor got a new car and he gave us a minivan and two days later we found out we were expecting our third child and we'd need a minivan and uh, you know it was neat to pray a specific prayer and to see God answer specifically God certainly didn't have to I wasn't going to demand it from God but it helps to be specific with your prayers we're going we're gonna to pray and, and ask the Lord to, to help us in this area collectively um, just some next steps. I encourage you to memorize Philippians 4, 6. That's, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petitions, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. It's a good verse to remember as it relates to prayer and asking. Another thing is just, maybe a step you need to take is, you need to start asking and not demanding. And refusing to demand from God. You've just been thinking, God, you're not giving to me. And you're treating it like a vending machine. You're saying, God, I'm praying and you're not giving it to me. And you're getting angry at him. And your heart is raging against him. You want to be careful in that area. So start asking. The last, maybe just pray over one or two specific prayer needs that are in your life. And begin to be faithful to pray for those things. You might jot those things down. If you know what those are right now, I encourage you to jot those down and to begin to pray about that this week. Let's go to God and pray together. Thank you, God, for the truth that we find in your word. I'm just grateful, Father, that you are never at a loss for wisdom. 
our words. You always know what we need. And you always know what it's going to take to help us, you know, get there to listen to you. Father, I just I thank you, God, for the things that you're you're doing in all of our lives. I thank you, God, that you're using concerns, you're using things that create anxiety to draw us closer to you. And maybe it wasn't until this morning that we recognized that what that's what you're doing, but God, I pray that that would be the case for for all of us. And I pray that you would draw us into your presence, Lord, that we learn to rely on you fully and that we would grow dependent fully on you, the God who will meet our needs each day because you care for us, Lord. Help our lives to be in line with your will and your purpose and your plan, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be willing to let go of what we've you know, been trying to do from our own playbook, Lord, and help us to, to release our plans and, and begin to, to do what pleases you with our lives. We thank you, God, for speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen.